0: Saturday night, done with the NFL draft. Congratulations to the CBS crew, not me, that was on the video products all weekend long, giving you amazing information. Well done. And thank all of you, our loyal audience, for being there, watching our coverage on HQ and listening to our podcast and, and on Twitch and on YouTube and all that, youtube.com slash Today, which is, by the way, where you can watch this show, this episode of our podcast. I'm Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg and Chris Towers, I suck at intros and outros, so I'm going to just throw it over to Chris, who's got a wonderful stat about running backs picked.
1: Is it in day three or is it in round four? So it is day three running backs over the last decade. There have been 163 running backs drafted between round four and seven from 2011 through 2020. In their rookie seasons, only five of them had more than 200 rush attempts. Only four in the last five years had even 150 carries, so... Uh, the chances of any third day three running back making an impact for fantasy as a rookie are, are very slim. Okay, Jamie, does Michael Carter of the New
0: York Jets, one of the first pick, the se- well, the second pick technically of round four, does he get 150 carries?
2: I think he does if he's healthy, but that's going to be, a, you know, an, an if um, 17 game season, but I, I, he's my favorite. Of the guys drafted today. I don't think that's a big surprise for anybody. Um yeah. and he's my third favorite redraft running back for twenty twenty-one uh of the rookies. So I, I think he's got a he's got a shot for sure.
0: Yeah, if you didn't if you missed that, so I think Chris feels the same way. You've got Harris, ETN, and then Carter for the Jets ahead of Javante Williams for the Broncos, right? Both of you guys? No, I, I have Williams ahead oh, of okay. Carter. Oh Heath Heath has yeah. Carter ahead of Williams. Okay. My bad. All right, we'll get to that in a moment here.
2: I'm you- going to trust our guy, Emery Hunt, who loves Michael Carter, too.
0: He does. Uh, you know, I, I we just did FFT in five, so I hope you're listening to that. And I mentioned that Chris Trapasso does a great job for us. Uh, after the first round, he does the grades on all the picks. Prisco does the first round grades. So if you look at our draft tracker, and you just you don't want to go, go into the scouting reports, and you just want two to three sentences, basically, on a player— uh, and what Chris thought of the pick, he does a great job on the draft tracker. Just go to CBSSports.com. And what he wrote about Michael Carter, the best running back available. With Carter, Jets are getting someone on the Gio Bernard, James White spectrum. Small sudden scat back with good receiving ability in the screen game. Nice juice to New York's backfield. I just I hope he's more than that. I, I hope he's more than Giovanni Bernard and James White. Uh, we don't have an indication right now of how they're going to use him, but... They don't have uh, don't have a lead running back, really, right, Jamie? What's your read on the Jets?
2: Well, I mean, this was a good draft for Tevin Coleman because, like you said, um, he's not uh, the physical presence of what you would typically think a lead running back is. Now, that doesn't mean he can't be Austin Eckler, you know, or that type of guy. I'm not saying he has those type of that type of upside, but you know, Eckler's not a huge human being. <laughs> you know, you're so. talking
0: about Carter, not Coleman. I'm talking about Carter. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, so but for Tevin Coleman um he's the one that the coaching staff is familiar with he's the one that you know came from san francisco so he's going to get probably the first opportunity as a veteran but we've seen tevin coleman enough to know that he has a hard time staying healthy and you know doesn't always produce at a high level so i i think you know you don't have to necessarily reach for Carter. carter and williams are probably going to go in the same range um you know just based on what you'll read about both of those guys and hear about them this off season and who knows what happens in melvin gordon which would obviously change javante williams status but that's the three and the four, whoever, you know, however you want to split them up and maybe San Francisco changes something and Trey Sermon becomes, it gets in that conversation also. But um, there's not a lot to like about the rookie class as a whole, the running back position. You know, we we said it going in that it was a questionable group. Um, The teams that needed running backs avoided it, (laughs) you know, to a certain extent, the Dolphins and the Falcons. Um, And so, you know, Carter gets a chance. And that's the thing you gotta like about the opportunity for him to be successful for fantasy managers.
1: I'm not sure I love this rookie class for fantasy period. Like obviously, I think you know, there there are a couple of potential stud wide receivers and running backs. No, nah, I think Justin Fields and couple, Trevor Lawrence. A
0: couple? What? I can we can we say three? Can we can we say three wide receivers?
2: Yeah, I, I think there's but that's that's going in though. Right,
0: right, right. But are like, you talking about I didn't, this year? I didn't are you talking about landing. this year?
1: Or are you talking about Twenty Twenty One, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I didn't love the landing spots for most of the wide receivers in round two and three. Um obviously I didn't love the landing spots for for Bateman and S-coach. Tony. Oh Tony. I didn't oh, love okay. those. I think they're pretty long shots to be fantasy relevant. So it uh it, it feels a little underwhelming and you know i do worry that because they're rookies because last year's rookie class was so good at rb and wide receiver that you know guys could get pushed up but i, I do want to go back to you know adam you said i hope michael carter's more than giovanni bernard i would be thrilled if he had giovanni bernard's production from his early career his first 3 seasons uh he averaged 701 rushing yards and 445 receiving yards i mean if he has that kind of receiving game role or something close. Maybe he has, you know, a hundred fewer receiving yards, but a hundred fewer, more rushing yards or something like Giovanni Bernard was an 1150 yard per season player for his first three seasons. I'd be yeah, thrilled be with great. that out of Michael Carter. Yeah, that that would be great. I, uh, how many carries did he get? Uh, 164 in 15 games per year. So That's 175 per 16 better than so. I th- better than I
0: remember. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, he, if he's if a he's rookie version of Gio Bernard, that'd be great. Um, I guess I hear Gio Bernard slash James White, I think, pass catcher. <clears throat> we'll see yeah. with, uh, with Michael Carter. And are there any other day three picks, Jamie, that you think are going to have 2021 fantasy value?
2: Yeah, uh, St. Brown for the Lions. Um, you know, opportunity is there as well. You know, you're, you're just talking about a receiving core that if you see the names on paper, you want to throw up. Um, you know, Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perryman, you know what those guys have been and and they could clearly be successful in a a different spot. And hopefully that's the case, but, um, Tyrell has been banged up, you know, the the latter part of the last two seasons and, and Brashad Perryman had basically a five game stretch. That's really kind of defined his, the the successful part of his career in Tampa Bay. And so, um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown from USC, uh, could be their slot receiver right away. You know what Jared Goff has been with the slot receiver in, in L.A., and this is a team that's T.J. Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, and those guys. And so St. Brown could, you know, be a significant target getter in an offense that's probably going to be throwing a lot because they're chasing points.
0: And Tennessee drafted Des Fitzpatrick shortly before St. Brown. Those two guys were the first wide receivers taken on day day three. Des Fitzpatrick, six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds kind of big in this class. And uh Detroit getting a Monroe, St. Brown as Jamie mentioned, who Jamie said he could play in the slot. He he also can play outside. He can, versatile in that respect. Not a burner, ran a 45140, but um yeah, those are I think those are two obvious names there because they they could get they could get uh, the targets certainly in Tennessee and Detroit. Um and that's it. Yeah, look, hate to rain on the parade. Day 3 picks, as Chris said, it's not just running backs. Day 3 picks typically don't produce that much as rookies. Typically don't produce that much for fantasy yeah. in their careers, but maybe there are some gems here. And I think Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis deserve a long discussion. We'll get to that in a little bit. Here's a quick question for you. Who do you think you're gonna take first? Michael Carter or Kyle Pitts? Who goes off the board first? Carter or Pitts? Hmm.
1: Man, I-, I want to be like sort of skeptical about Pitts because, you know, he's a rookie tight end and rookie tight ends are almost never good. And you know, even when you say, well, this guy's different. Well, you know, Vernon Davis was just as different as Kyle Pitts when you talk about the, the physical tools that he had, and he still took three years, really, to become fantasy relevant. But I don't know. In that offense, I've got him as the number seven tight end right now, and he could easily move up to number six if the Eagles hang on to Zach Ertz. So I think it's probably Carter, but it's very close. No, it's, it's Pitts, man. I think I'd rather have Pitts.
2: Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's probably going to be the, the answer for, for most people, but I, I would take my chances with Carter just because I think his opportunity is there to be the the, the lead running back for the Jets. You know, I I, I don't know if it's going to be, a, like I said, north of 200 carries, not likely. 200 touches, potentially, um, if things really work out well for him. But I, I just think that he's got the chance as a rookie, because rookie tight ends just don't typically produce very much, and and I mean, obviously, I'm going to be very high on Kyle Pitts. I, I'm I'm excited about him. I know I, I I probably didn't express that the other day when, when we were talking about it following the first round, but um, the the number seven tight end versus the number thirty running back, essentially. I haven't ranked uh, Michael Carter yet, but typically you're going to take top thirty running backs before you take a you know the the second tier of tight ends, uh, at least what you'll see typical in most typical ADPs.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: I've got Carter fortieth in the projections, but looking at it like, I I think I'll probably end up with him around thirty two.
0: And I was going to ask you guys for your top five rookie running backs for twenty twenty one, but I already know it. It's well, maybe maybe I don't know number five, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, and then who's five? Sermon.
2: Sermon for me, you know, I I think you just look at what um his his chances are in that offense. I mean, obviously Raheem Mostert should be the lead running back right away. You don't know what they're going to do with Jeff Wilson if he's going to get the chance to be the second guy. But if Sermon can work his way into the rotation, those other two guys have injury risks uh, just based on what they've shown you, certainly in 2020. And so if Sermon gets a chance to prove himself in that San Francisco run system, if he takes off, he'll be a star.
0: Chris, you have who fifth for you? What Who fifth for you? Who, who, what, what
1: like remedial English. I have Chuba Hubbard, just a lot of the same reasoning as Jamie. He's, you know, I feel like he's likely to be the number two back in Carolina. And, you know, we saw last year, if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, even a fairly pedestrian talent can look like a really good fantasy player in that offense. I would think he would be, you know, somewhat similar to Mike Davis. Obviously. I don't know, you know, we've never seen Hubbard in the NFL, but, You know, that would be my number five guy. And it's mostly just a kind of lottery ticket. I I don't think I would actually draft it.
0: Yeah, understood. And uh, that's all right. So it's Harris, Etn, Carter and Williams. Top four for you guys. And Jamie goes Trey Sermon five. And Chris goes Chuba Hubbard fifth for the rookie running backs. Watch the full length podcast. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. You can see what we look like. And watch on demand on the CBS Sports app and on OTT devices. Go to the CBS Sports app and scroll down until you see the FFT familiar faces. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes today, and I'm just—I think we're all—we're all tired. You guys probably more so than I am. Although, like, you know, Chris—Chris doesn't have kids, you know, so you—it's a little unfair. Jamie, what time? time You know, what time your kids wake you up, Jamie? um they're usually up
2: around 6 30 yeah and so i i was i went to bed at like two last night and um uh, my six-year-old had a championship game for t-ball today so that we do we won yay um,
0: <laughs> Woo! So it was uh
2: it was a it was a long morning
1: <laughs> yeah yeah all right chris enjoy your sleep Hey, I've got a cat who wakes me up at 6.30 in the morning to feed her. I used to complain about day. that,
0: too. And then I realized that babies require a lot more attention than cats. Big surprise <laughs> to me. But it is true, in fact. Shocking. Yeah. All right, so how about this? Let's do this. Top six. You're doing a, you're doing a rookie-only draft right now. It is not Superflex. Not Superflex. Give me your top six picks. Want some
1: time to think about this? I, I've got it. I did this on the newsletter last night. And speaking of being tired and making dumb mistakes, I left out Kyle Pitts uh, <laughs> from that ranking, and that was the top ten. Oh, so well, even that dumber. Is, yeah, that's dumb. Uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> you get, you know, sometimes you get sleepy. Uh, yeah, for me, it would be in this order: Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Devonte Smith, Javante Williams, and Kyle Pitts. Oh man, I, I'm so different. Jamie, what about you? What's your top six?
2: Uh, Chase is one. Harris is two. Pitts is three. Smith is four. Etn is five. Waddle,
1: six. Uh, Chris, what was yours again? Chase? Chase, Harris, Etn, Smith, Williams, Pitts. Okay. And I, I, maybe Pitts over Williams. I don't know. I went Chase, Smith, Waddle.
0: I went with those three receivers. One, two, three. Harris Pitts ETN
1: I I just struggle with Waddle um you know because because they've got veterans in the receiving game already I just one it feels a little Henry Ruggs ish to me um you know I I don't think they're the the same player you know Ruggs was not as productive as Waddle in college but it just feels like that kind of role where it's going to be you know, somewhat inconsistent, like four targets a game.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I don't love love Waddle as a rookie, but
1: yeah, I think yeah. his... Man,
0: watching his highlights, it's jaw-dropping. Yeah. It's hard to f- think of a receiver. Tyreek Hill comes to mind.
1: Who's it reminds me of T.Y. Best? Hilton in college, but T.Y. Hilton was playing in the Sun. Oh, my gosh, what a homer. What a homer. It's going to really be interesting to see
2: <laughs> if Waddle gets the opportunity to get a healthy amount of targets and prove himself. with Devontae Smith, have been Devontae Smith.
1: Uh Well, I oh, if Jalen Waddle had stayed healthy yeah, last college. season. So
0: I have their numbers when they both played. I know. And you, you said, Oh, you were on, uh, on that show. Again. I don't know. I forget which ones you were on.
2: You did. You did it on the, on the first night of the draft, but Waddle's numbers were better.
0: Waddle's yards were better. They both had four touchdowns. Uh, I think, Thirty-eight catches for Smith, twenty-five for Waddle. That's what I like about Waddle. He's he's not going to catch nearly as many passes as Smith. I don't think he's going to have nearly as many catches, but he's going to be much more yards per catch, much yeah, and uh, big plays.
2: So oh, that's you, I he, mean he, you you hear the Tyree Kill comparison yeah, all the time.
0: Exactly. He won't that's, need a ton of targets to be great. Yeah, he's going to be that's great just, on yards per target.
1: It's kind of a weird offense right now, I think, because. You know, obviously Parker and Gasicki, I don't think are, you know, as talented as Waddle and Will Fuller, but Will Fuller obviously last year showed he's really, really good when he's healthy and he actually stayed healthy. Uh, Parker, I think the thing that's weird is they're all kind of downfield guys. You know, Parker's not the over the top guy, but he does usually have a pretty deep uh, a dot. Will Fuller obviously. You know, super skilled can make big plays on short plays, but obviously is a killer in the deep game. And even Mike Kosicki, you know, he's at his best running up the scene. So, I, I, on the one hand, I, I could see Waddle just kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. On the other hand, I could see him being kind of the, the primary underneath guy in that offense with Fuller taking the the top off and Kasicki drawing attention in the middle. So, you know, I could go both ways, and I. He's someone I'll definitely rank higher than I have him projected for.
0: Yeah, it, let me ask you about a quarterbacks right now, okay? I got a oh, it's going to be great. I got to get on Chris for his Trevor Lawrence ranking. Which okay. quarterback has the most upside? Tua, Lawrence, Daniel Jones. 2021 upside, just this year. Who who's the best upside pick? Tua, uh Trevor Lawrence, Daniel
1: Jones. I feel like you want to say Trevor Lawrence, but I I also worry that that's falling for the mystery box versus a boat trap. Well, those you know,
0: those are two sinking boats from last year. Right, so. they're not <laughs> like
1: but like Tua was he wasn't Trevor Lawrence as a prospect, but if he had been healthy, you know, he was certainly going to be in the discussion with Joe Burrow right. for the number 1 overall pick.
0: What's your answer, my man? What's your answer?
1: <sighs> I guess I'll go Tua. Jamie?
2: Lawrence by a mile.
1: J- J- Chris is Lawrence ranked twenty seventh. QB twenty seven. That's where I have him projected. Let's be okay. clear. Okay. That's where I have him projected. I will rank him higher than that. Okay. But that's where the projection is right now. Yeah. This uh... twenty six. Twenty six. Okay.
0: It's exciting. I, I wanna, really want to see what Tua can do because he was a uber prospect until the injury. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll take a break. We'll come back, uh, talk about the a report from Adam Schefter about Deshaun Watson, what Green Bay is saying about Aaron Rodgers and the veterans, the Miles Gaskins and the Mike Davises of the world. I do want to talk about the Patriots running backs and give you my take on why if one of them can get the job, they could be a big winner this year. Uh, we'll be right back on Fantasy Football today.
2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Welcome back to the show. So Adam Schefter saying today that there are people in NFL circles who believe that Deshaun Watson will not play this season. Jamie, they drafted Davis Mills in round three. What's your your take on the Texans quarterback situation?
2: I think it was smart to take Davis Mills because, you know, he fell a little bit in the drafts. You know, some people thought he could have been a late first-round pick. Um, and they were able to get him on day two with their first selection. So you know, for what? Let's not forget. Prior to all this happening, maybe this was part of it, knowing that it was coming. That you know, he he wanted to be out of Houston. So um, even if he does play in 2021, uh, he may not play as a member of the Texans. So at this point, fantasy wise, um, I, I have him outside my top 12. Deshaun Watson. You know, I, I think you can't go in drafting him as a starter if you're drafting today. So. He's probably going to fall for a lot of people, um, you know, and and you'll just have to decide if you want to take the risk before there's any news. But at this point, you have to go with the assumption that he's probably not playing this season based on what has transpired for him this offseason.
0: If you're drafting today, would you take Brandon Cooks or Jamar Chase?
2: I still have Cooks ranked probably too high for moving the quarterback, letting the quarterback situation be what it is. So I uh, I probably say Chase. Oh, no, I, I did. I do have Chase ranked high already. So, yes, I would take.
1: Chase. Yeah, I have Cook's five spots ahead of Chase, but obviously that's one where I'm projecting it with Deshaun Watson. So I will rank him lower than his projection. Gotcha. Green Bay says they're committed to Aaron Rodgers
0: beyond this season. Going to be a bonus pot at some point, so stay tuned. Uh, Cincinnati offensive coordinator Brian Callahan say, says he does not want Joe Mixon to leave the field. I, I think I'm in love with Joe Mixon. Drafting Joe Mixon anyway. Well, I don't does know that, that mean he's gonna play defense and special teams. <laughs> <still>? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's the thing. If he, you get his field goal points. If he, they got can- the kicker though.
1: Pretty, be pretty good. you true. have to start him as kicker. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, damn it. Uh, yeah, I just feel like he's gonna have a massive workload. I have him
1: as RB seven. Whoa. I don't know if I like him that much. <sighs> I've was, never uh, been a Joe Mixon guy, but it's always been because. You know, he was always this, wow, look at this talent. He's so good. But the role was never there. Now, you know, if the role's there in that offense is better, like, I don't know, it feels like he could be a rocket ship. Jamie, rocket ship emoji?
2: He's got the potential. I mean, he's had the potential every year of his career. He just hasn't fulfilled it. So hopefully this is the season. But, I mean, uh, you got to be excited that they let Giovanni Bernard go. And they... Uh, are once again saying all the right things and i think look if he had stayed healthy last year he probably would have finished somewhere in the top 10 um based on what his volume was yeah so you know they're going to give him the work you know there's the o- opportunity for there for him to succeed if joe burrow's back at 100 you know they're not going to see a lot of eight-man boxes if these receivers are good and t higgins showed you that he could be good and obviously jamar chase has the ability to be great so as long as the offensive line holds up that you know is the is the question mark and for what, uh, what the statement was about Joe Mixon's workload, you probably would have liked to see Panay Sewell as the pick as opposed to Jamar Chase. But still, um, you know, Jonah Williams healthy, and I know they they addressed the offensive line in round two. So hopefully this offensive line is good and Joe Mixon's better.
0: Mixon, believe it or not, was 11th per game in PPR, 12th in non-PPR. He had the one he huge had one, He had five pretty crappy games and one yeah. enormous game with 151 rushing yards, 30 receiving yards, three touchdowns against the Jaguars. Other than that, he was really not completely disappointing because he was pretty involved in the passing game, but uh, in, in PPR at least, but you know, averaged like 2.5 yards per carry in the other five games. Uh, okay, we're just about done with the news and notes. Atlanta did get a running back. It was after the draft. They signed Javion Hawkins, Uh, Denver head coach Vic Fangio said Cortland Sutton's doing well in his rehab. And Urban Meyer talked about how much he really wanted to draft Kadarius Toney. Uh, They had the 25th pick. He was heartbroken when Kadarius Toney went 20th overall. And then Urban Meyer pivoted to Travis Etienne. So go Kadarius Toney. Biggest rankings, risers. This is something we uh, probably... I don't know how much the veterans were impacted this week, this weekend. But Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis, Jamie, what is your take on this with the Dolphins and Falcons skipping running back in the NFL draft?
2: It's great for both of them, you know. I mean, I I think Gaskin, you thought maybe he has a chance to be okay, uh, knowing the way that he performed last year, the workload that they gave him. Uh, but Mike Davis, you know, I I think a lot of people looked at the signing of the Falcons. I guess I was speaking myself that. Okay, this is going to be their, at best, 1A, um, probably their backup, and chance to play. And now you're looking at it and saying, okay, if Arthur Smith's system was that good for Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry is an alien, as we've talked about many times, then Mike Davis could potentially be a good number two running back for fantasy if he's going to get those touches. So, you saw what he was capable of doing last year in, in Carolina system as Christian McCaffrey missed 13 games and he didn't have the same type of success consistently because he kind of petered out a little bit toward the end of the season, but still, you know, he's going to be a guy you draft as a, as a back end RB two and Gaskin has top 20 upside. Now, if he's going to be the lead running back for the dolphins, as it seems.
1: Yeah. I mean, his role in the passing game, you know, especially like he could catch 50 passes. He was on pace for that. Last season. And I think he played 65% of the snaps in all but one game after week three. You know, the first two weeks were kind of weird. You know, obviously there were the injuries, but are you talking about Mike Davis? Miles Gaskin. Oh, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) My bad. Um, But yeah, I like both. I think both of them are top 24 running backs. What I noticed about Miles Gaskin was that Sivan Ahmed
0: really did. Pretty much just as well, if not better, as a rusher yeah. while Gaskin was out. But Gaskin got a lot of catches and and Ahmed didn't. And then they both were there for the Raiders game. And the way I remember it was uh Ahmed was the starter and got most of the work in the first half. And then he just failed the audition. And then they gave it to Gaskin. Gaskin had a huge play in the second half. It's a really exciting game. And that was his first game back from COVID too. It was. It was yes, it was his first game back. But I just don't know what the split's going to be. Is Malcolm Brown going to be a bigger headache than we are giving him credit for? You know, is he going to be a bigger part of
1: the offense? He might. Uh, Omar Kelly tweeted uh, Miami envisions Malcolm Brown as the team's short yardage and four minute offensive back, asked to gain tough yardage and finish out games with physical runs. That's Brian Flores' opinion, not Omar Kelly's. So, I mean, look coaches say a lot of things at this point in the season and you know not all of them come to fruition and you know if if you took what every single quarter uh qb or sorry head coach said in you know on may 1st uh every running back would have 300 carries and every wide receiver would catch 90 balls so obviously you know plans are going to change and i just think askin's a a better player than malcolm brown so hopefully you know, I think the biggest issue is Malcolm Brown's probably going to vulture a decent amount of touchdowns. Jamie, do you like Gaskin or Davis better right now?
2: Oh, Gaskin. You know, I I think just knowing that they did commit to him, there's, you know, an offensive coordinator change um, from Chan Gailey, but I still think that, you know, despite what Brian Flores said, you know, Malcolm Brown's going to be one of those guys. You've heard me say this time and time again, a lot of it had to do with Frank Gore. Veteran guys do all the right things. Not that Miles Gaskin's is not a veteran, but you know, he's he's still younger in his career than Malcolm Brown. So I'm sure whatever Brian Flores has seen of, of Brown, watching him on tape, getting to know him, you know, he probably feels like he's going to be in the right spots when they need him to be in the right spots. But there's not a lot of upside. Gaskin showed you he has upside. And so hopefully that, uh, that continues. I think really the Malcolm Brown question comes into play with who's the number two guy for Miami? Is it Brown or is it Ackman? You know, so Gaskin missed time last year, you know, for COVID. And I think, uh, had an injury situation also, um, and Achman, as you, as you alluded to Adam, he was very good stepping in for him in terms of what his workload was. Mm-hmm. So will it be Brown? Will it be Achman? Will it be both? Um, you know, that's the, I think something you want to keep an eye on if you're going to take a flyer on somebody with a late round pick,
0: you know, Todd Gurley was, ter- nah, I would lean, I would lean Achman at this point. Todd Gurley was terrible last year, but his first nine games, he got all the work and he was a top six running back because he scored nine touchdowns. He scored more touchdowns than any running back other than Dalvin Cook. That's rushing and receiving touchdowns in that stretch. And everybody knew. He had faced all this easy competition. We have sell high, sell high, sell high. And they went away from him. They just stopped using Todd Gurley. Yeah. But if, if you get a guy who's going to get all the work, doesn't really matter how good you are in, in some cases. Um, you're going to produce. Mike Davis, I just want to tell you this. His first three games without McCaffrey, he was incredible. He scored 23, 22, and 30 PPR fantasy points. He was on pace for 117 catches. His last nine games without McCaffrey, um, he scored more than 11 PPR fantasy points, only twice. He was on pace for 46 catches. So I, don't, I just struggle with this. I don't think any of us think—I don't think Mike Davis is bad. But I don't think he's that good. And he's 28. He's yeah, he's 28. Is he better than Gurley was last year? Yes. Yeah, but Gurley was Man. so bad that they had to get away from Todd Gurley. So he, I just I just don't know what to make of it. I, I don't see him as a 270 carry guy over 17 games. You know, I don't see him as the number one, no doubt about a feature guy. And there's still plenty of time to add a running back, you know, if somebody gets cut or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, remember back to the start of the 2019 season he was the guy we were like screaming for Matt Nagy to be fired because he was giving him carries over David Montgomery, you know, for like the first two games. Like that was, that was how low the collective opinion was about Mike Davis, which is, you know, partially why I do like Chuba Hubbard, just because if he does get a chance, that offense is going to be good for running backs.
0: Jamie, you want to wrap it up? Final thoughts on Mike Davis?
1: Uh, You know, opportunity is big, you know,
2: chance Mm -hmm. to have volume is big. Um, he proved he could be a pass catcher last year, which I don't think a lot of people thought he had those type of abilities, you know, to that level. So this is an offense that we're very excited about. Rightfully so, you know, quarterback is still very good. Obviously the weapons on the outside and, and the tight end now are fantastic. And so Arthur Smith coming from what he did in Tennessee, all these things you sort of look at and you say, okay, the running back for Atlanta, forget about that. Is Mike Davis. If You know, you were to say that it was Christian McCaffrey, you know, all the way down to, uh, Frank Gore, you know, if, if whoever the starter was going to be there, you would say, okay, this guy's got a shot. And so Mike Davis is shouldn't, you don't want to overdraft him. You know, he shouldn't be taken in the first probably four rounds, but once you get to round five and we've talked about this a lot about how there's going to be a lot of running backs pushed up just because of the position that they play. And you start to look at the names that are going to be available to you. Mike Davis in the same conversation with now Melvin Gordon, with David Johnson, with, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of other guys that are going to be in that. Miles Gaskin, you know, th- th- those those type of guys. Um, How
0: about Kareem Hunt? Uh,
2: Kareem Hunt, that's another good who one. Who would you take? Uh,
0: H- Hunt or Davis? I would Davis. take Davis.
2: You know, and 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 that's I think the decision that you're going to have to make. You know, he's not going to be a guy that you say, "Oh, I, I think this is going to be somebody who wins me in my fantasy league." But for a, a guy that, if he stays healthy, can be. 17, 18 to, to 24 by the time the season's done. Um, you'll be okay with that, you know, in that range. He'll be a solid RB two if he's if he's the guy all season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have RB 13 and RB 25. But uh, the difference between them and the projections is right around two fantasy points per game, a little less actually. And so, you know, one of the things that I'll do is probably just wait for that tier and find the guys who drop in that tier and try to get them. Um, And Mike Davis is definitely going to be one of those guys. I think Miles Gaskin is definitely going to be one of those guys. Um, Melvin Gordon was going to be one of those guys before Javante Williams.
0: Okay. Just giving you a heads up here. Falcons offense, four straight seasons. They've been 10th through 10th to 16th, somewhere in that range in scoring. So they've been, Slightly above average team in scoring. They've been very pass-heavy. They've rushed for 10 to 13 touchdowns, four straight seasons. And they've been bottom six in rushing yards, three straight seasons. I don't have the running back rushing yards. Teams that have quarterbacks who don't run are obviously going to be hurt in that metric. But bottom six in rushing yards, three straight seasons. I didn't realize, by the way, the Steelers have been 29th or worse in rushing three straight years. That is weird. That includes makes sense. That includes James Conner's huge year where he was the RB8 or something like that. But he didn't run the ball very well that year. Yeah, it, it's just uh, it's surprising that they that bad of a running team. But again, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't run. And uh, the, all the things I said about the Falcons, you know, they do have a new coach, so it's going to change things. Jamie, any other uh, rankings risers among the veterans?
2: Rankings risers among the veterans? Um, or just winners? Trying to think. I'm sorry.
0: That's all right. Let uh, me let me make uh let me make a case for Damian Harris. I know that the Patriots drafted Ramondre Stevenson. He's big and physical and not that fast, not gonna catch passes. He's I don't know, he's Sony Michelle and Damian Harris, and at least in that regard, the passes thing. Um I looked at Damian Harris's best You're saying they have a type? like <laughs> Legera Blunt much. I looked at Damian Harris's best stretch. And this is a guy who averaged five yards per carry last year. He was very good when he ran the ball. But his problem was touchdowns. So he had six games. Six games with 14 or more carries. He had 95 or more total yards in four of them. But he had one rushing touchdown. Cam Newton had six in those six games. James White actually had two, which was weird. You get Mac Jones in there instead of Cam Newton who ran, rushed for 12 touchdowns last year. Not going to do that again. Maybe Damian Harris is just their best running back and actually someone we could use. I know we're not gonna be super excited about anyone who's not involved in the passing game and who's a Patriots running back, but get Cam Newton off the field, it's gonna it's gonna really help those running backs in the touchdown department. It's I think
2: you're right, that. but you know, the fact that they added Stevenson could just mean more headaches. And you've brought this up time and time again, and you're right. You know, it it's it it's kind of a misnomer what the Patriots running back situation has been because when they have a guy, they use that guy. They may not use the guy to the level of the heights of some other teams, but they still lean on a guy. And so I don't know if that's going to happen this season and who knows if it will happen ever again, but I still think that Harris is the best of the trio of guys there. Stevenson feels as if this could be more of a 2022 situation when Sony Michelle is gone. But Harris is somebody that I was excited about. I, I was—I I mean, you have to downgrade him a little bit because I'm sure Stevenson will play. And like you said, Adam, it's still Cam to start the season. And if Cam is better, then he's going to play the whole season if they're competitive. So Harris is a guy that you can take as a third running back. You probably would prefer him as a fourth running back, certainly in PPR. But he's my favorite of the, of the backfield guys so far.
0: Okay, yeah. We, know we never talk about the Patriots running backs, really. So I want to throw that in there. Uh, Chris, got any rankings, risers, or fallers that you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I think uh, rankings, risers, and fallers. That's a different question than what I was preparing for. Melvin Gordon's definitely a faller. Um, you know, he was actually someone who was around 20th for me before this. And now I think he's probably closer to 30. Um, I do wonder if and it'd be hard to move Kyler Murray up much but I really like the the Rondale Moore addition for that I think he could be such a perfect fit for Clef Kingsbury's offense and you know it's the kind of thing where even if Kyler Murray doesn't get better as a passer Rondale Moore will make him seem like he got better because he's so good after the catch I think Dave mentioned on the broadcast it was 71 percent of his yards came after the catch while he was at Purdue so um I think Kyler Murray might be my number two quarterback now.
0: Jamie, do you think that Miles Sanders will be affected at all by Kenneth Gainwell, who they selected in round five, who is a pass-catching running back? That's what he does. That's what he did very well, and he's one of the better ones in this class. Do you think that uh, because Boston Scott really didn't do that much when Miles Boston Scott had, I think, sixteen catches in twelve games that Miles Sanders played. Uh, does Miles Sanders get clipped at all by Kenneth Gainwell?
2: A little bit, you know, and 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 I think you got to factor in just the fact that he struggled with some drops last year. You know, hopefully the offensive line is back to full strength. It, it seems like it's going to be better than it was a year ago. But um, yeah, I mean Sanders, you know, was uh, was somebody that he when he was really good as a rookie it was because he was catching the ball as well as he did, and you know that that setback step back last year, I, I think was of the reason why his fantasy production didn't improve. So, you know, adding a pass catching guy uh, to an offense. I know it's a different coaching staff, but you know what they've been traditionally, they've liked to use a pass catching running back. And so, I, I think you got to downgrade him a little bit in both formats just because of the opportunity to come off the field now a little bit more.
0: Any other rankings adjustments? We can we can finish I mean, the Matt, show. Matt Ryan was a big riser for me. Uh
2: yeah. You know, just with the addition of Pitts, I, I, we all saw it coming. But you know, to, I was, like I said on Thursday night, I was waiting for it to be official. So. He's now a top 12 quarterback for me, uh, where he was, you know, closer to 16, 17 prior to this.
0: So how do you balance that, your excitement for Pitts with your with the well, your excitement for Pitts and moving Ryan up with the fact that, like you already said, we don't know what rookie tight ends can do. Well, we know they very rarely do well, and we don't know that Kyle Pitts can do better than a typical rookie tight end, which is not much of an impact.
1: I look at it in kind of two ways. One, Matt Ryan was so much better with Julio Jones healthy last season. You know, I think he was probably a top seven or eight quarterback in the games that Julio Jones played, or at least the, I think he played 10 games and eight of them, he played like an actual role. Um, And then he was, you know, deeply mediocre when Jones was out. So obviously we can't guarantee that Jones will stay healthy this season, but he's currently healthy. We have to assume at this point we would assume he will be healthy at the start of the season. Um, And so given that the addition of a super talented player like Kyle Pitts, a guy who, you know, probably will just play like a wide receiver. um, I think that's gotta be good for him. Even if Kyle Pitts isn't more than a, you know, 700 yards guy, which I think he should be.
0: Matt Ryan, seven games with a healthy Julio Jones. Jones left two games, played fewer than 35% of the snaps. Listen to this. Seven games with a healthy Julio Jones, nine games without Jones or with Jones leaving with an injury. In those seven games, he averaged 25.6 points per game in six point per passing touchdown leagues. In the other nine games, he averaged 16.1. He averaged 9.5 more fantasy points per game when Julio was healthy. I will, however, say that the competition did play, had to have played a role in this. Played Seattle early in the year. They were giving up unbelievable amounts of points. Quarterbacks played Dallas. So um, that was part of it. But yes, Chris, 100% right. He was on pace for 5,200 yards and 34 touchdowns with a healthy Julio Jones last year.
1: Yeah, and in six point per passing touchdown league, I think he would have been a top 10 guy per game at 25.6. That uh, would have been 11.
0: That's it? On pace for 52,000. 52,
1: I mean, yeah, that's 200 yards. Last year was, we're going to have to, like, recalibrate our our expectations for quarterbacks, because I, I don't think passing games are going to be quite as good in 2021 as they were in 2020. Uh, just because it seemed like defenses were at a real disadvantage early in the season, um, and things seemed to normalize after that, but yeah, I mean, last I know, year. But it seems
2: like every every team got six new wide receivers in the draft. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, there were 11 quarterbacks, 12 quarterbacks who averaged at least 25 points per game. That would have been among the league leaders, you know, pretty much every year. This wild.
0: And I think, I think there were as many teams that added wide receivers as added offensive linemen, right? especially in round two. Off the board, fast and furious. So let's do some buy or sell to finish the show. By the way, how about the Cowboys draft? <laughs> this is a grand experiment to see if you can just draft an entire defense, basically. <laughs> okay, buy or sell from Matt. Matt Ryan, top 10.
1: Bye. Just barely sell, but actually, I currently have James Winston 10th if he's the starter for the Saints. But uh, given the fact they didn't really add anybody in the passing game, maybe they're leaning Taysom Hill. Um, so, yeah, he could be ten. From Dynasty Football Only, Zach Moss, top 20 running
0: back.
2: He's a winner. Devin Singletary is a winner. You know, that was a team that everybody thought could take a running back. They were, even in the conversation, to take ETN in the first round, uh, assuming that Harris was going to go first. And so the fact that they didn't address the position, and, you know, before Zach Moss got hurt, he was trending in the direction of being the the, the featured guy there to whatever that meant for Buffalo. But uh, top 20 is a little too high. I'm going to sell, but I, I do think that he they will get close to a top 25 running back.
1: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't pick either of them to be a top 40 back, but I could see one of them if things break right, getting to top 25-ish.
0: From TJ, buy or sell Mike Davis as an RB1?
1: Sell, but sell as we said,
0: RB2. Yeah. By the way, Chris, you said you might have Kyler Murray as your QB2 at this point. Jamie, who's your QB2?
2: Still Josh Allen.
0: Yeah, what's a bigger win? The Bills not drafting a running back or the Cardinals drafting a wide you know, a talented wide receiver in round two? And obviously, what do I mean by this? Well, all the rushing touchdowns that Josh Allen gets.
1: I don't think I think the rushing touchdowns Josh Allen gets are a product of Josh Allen. I don't think if they had drafted a good running back, that really would have changed. Well, 2 years ago Frank Gore was just miserable near the goal line. <laughs> and last
0: year I don't I maybe they just didn't really try. But they haven't had a good goal line back, that's for sure.
1: Well, Josh Allen's been the goal line back. I think it's the that, that's Gore what I would say. The, He's so good in that role. Yeah. Um that I I think it would be kind of silly to not use him that way.
0: Okay. So you so you think that the the uh the more draft pick in Arizona is more I don't yeah, think there's going
2: to be a consensus number 2 quarterback taken. You're going to have Murray, yeah. you're going to have Allen, you're going to have Lamar Jackson. Uh there'll be some people that take just and uh, Aaron Rodgers, depending mm-hmm. on he's still there, you know, just because of the way he finished. Um Dak Prescott, you know, you can make a case for a lot of different guys up there.
0: Uh, so this is what I'm talking about. So Josh Allen had 9 carries inside the 5. Zach Moss had 8. In 2019, Josh Allen had 5 carries inside the 5. Frank Gore had 11. They've actually used other players inside the five yard line, but they've just sucked. So that's why I think it was a, it was nice for Josh Allen that they did not add a running back who
2: yeah I, I who could do that. I remember last year talking about this that there was a, a couple plays in twenty nineteen where Frank Gore had like two opportunities in a row to punch one in, and I think it was a third down play, and Josh Allen ended up scoring a rushing touchdown. You know, it was just because Frank Gore couldn't get in, and. You know, to Chris's point, like, why would you get away from that? Well, I mean, you saw what happened to Patrick Mahomes two years ago when he was trying to get into the end zone. And I don't know if Buffalo will want to continue to risk that. But, you know, Josh Allen's a little bit different physically. So we'll see. You know, he's got that Cam Newton aspect of his game still there.
0: I think I was at a Yankees playoff game, Jamie, when that happened. I don't think I saw that Mahomes play. But I remember the audible gasps as it circulated through the crowd. Oh, Mahomes got hurt. Everybody thought he was going to be out for the year. Breathe a sigh of relief. And the Yankees lost to the Astros that night. Uh, buy or sell. Pitt's top six. Boy, these people are hitting on every topic we've already talked about from Brett. Uh, oh, well, this is interesting. Chase top 24, and he also asked Pitt's top six. Do you buy either of those? Chase top 24, Pitt's top six.
2: Yep. Bye.
1: Right in that range.
0: Chase top 24, huh? I have him 27. Who are you going to take? Jamar Chase or... DJ Moore DJ Moore
2: Moore but it's close I would take Chase over Galladay right now
0: yeah All right, that's it for today's show NFL draft fun yeah cool thanks for listening everybody a lot of dynasty coming up we got rookie drafts we got seasonal drafts as well the redrafts whatever the hell redraft league drafts mocks coming up we'll talk about them throughout the week I'm going to sleep For Chris Towers and Jamie Eisenberg, I'm a very tired Adam Thanks for hanging out with us all weekend long. We will talk to you on Monday with another edition of Fantasy Football Today.
1: Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.